Welcome to Small Bites with Glenn Gross and Derek Tim. We hope you're hungry. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, this is Small Bites on Wildfire Radio. My name's Glenn Gross. I own Fat Jack's Barbecue in New York and Philly and a couple other places. And uh, hey, you know, it, it's a really miserable, nasty day out. It's raining. It's cold. Speaking of miserable and nasty, across from me is Derek Tim of BlueJeanFood.com. And as usual, we got a packed studio. Yes, we do. And uh, it makes my heart, it it actually warms my heart now that I know our next correspondent's full real name. You'll probably still get it wrong. I probably will. But online with this is John Howard Fusco. Of the Carrier Post and New Jersey Monthly. Uh, what's hot and happening in food news this week, John? Evening, guys. How are we all doing tonight? We're great. Excellent. Great, great. Let's talk about Chilacos. This is a the newest Peruvian restaurant to be opening in Philly. And its opening date is going to be this Wednesday, April 18th. According to Alex Jones at Philly Mag, the menu will be showcasing the blending of Italian, Chinese, Japanese, and indigenous people, which is what makes Peruvian cuisine so unique. Again, that's going to be this Wednesday, the 18th. Uh, look for a summer opening for Fishtown's first Filipino restaurant. The name of the restaurant will be Sarvita, and the man behind it is Chef Lou Bokia, who is the chef at Perla on East Passchunk. So again, a summer opening for that restaurant. Uh, more Philly food love, uh, East Passchunk Avenue, speaking of East Passchunk, made the list of Food & Wine Magazine's 10 Best Foodie Streets in America. So congratulations to East Passchunk Avenue. Uh, on the Jersey side of things, Mud Hen Brewing in Wildwood had its opening this weekend. Uh, this is a brew pub that will be serving a casual menu of burgers and sandwiches and barbecue, along with their home brews. Uh, Little Tuna made a move this past week, moving from its location in Haddonfield uh, to a new spot in Lindenwald. Uh, according to NJ Penn, the move was prompted by rising rents, Haddonfield's crowded restaurant scene, and the cost of upkeep of the building in Haddonfield. Uh, and South Jersey is still reeling from the announcement that Cooper River Distillery will be closing its doors next month. Uh, and, of course, I couldn't do this... Uh, this announcement this past week without mentioning that uh, we want to wish Wawa a happy belated 54th birthday, of course. Uh, Wawa first opened this in 1964 on April 12th. Um, I got more articles coming uh, out this weekend, or say later tonight, uh, hashtag uh, Small Bites Radio, including uh, about Hawk that invaded a restaurant in Chester County and a musical composer attempting to capture the sound of a Pat's cheesesteak on a grill. <laughs> oh boy, John! I feel so, wow. always feel so much smarter and enlightened when uh, we should just always end the show after John talks. Yeah, we should, yeah well, yeah. except it just, just goes downhill. Just goes downhill after <laughs> yeah, that. It does. But thank it? you so much, John. I appreciate it, and you work so hard on that list. Uh, you have next week off. We'll talk to you again April 29th. 
All right, guys. Take care. Have a good Take day. it easy, John. Have, have a good one. And uh, from one John to, to, another. The, to another. I just like to visit John's, I guess. Rob, bet oh. you do. Oh. <laughs> we can t- hold it. We can take that two ways. Oh. Well, I always knew you went both well, yeah, ways. It's nice to be here, actually. <laughs> I wasn't nice talking to about be here. I haven't been here in a while. No, I we, know, we didn't miss you either. So. I know you didn't. But yeah. the reason why is because he's been waiting he's been and right. waiting to give his big news. And that is? Yeah, what is it? What is it, John? Well, you know, I, I was here, well, how many months working with you? Maybe a year. Yeah. And I fell in love with podcasting and radio, and uh, I decided to go live with my own show. Congratulations, So my I'm going to be right here on Wildfire Radio with uh, my own program called Regional Eats. We couldn't be more proud, and yeah, uh, we trained him well, didn't we? You did. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Must right. have done better than we did. Yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm excited for it. It was an opportunity to uh, present itself. I'm actually using it as a platform as a pilot for a TV episode. Nice. Because I'm going to integrate Facebook Live. See, that's why he had to separate, because we don't have a right. face for television right. alone. Well, I do. You don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think it's uh, a unique idea, and uh, you know uh, the advertisers think it's a unique idea, and so does Wildfire, and we're going to give it a shot. Yeah, so. and just have everybody stay tuned to your social medias yep, well, for you any updates. You can go right to Regional Eats on uh, Facebook, and uh, updates are there. Please like my page, and I think we'll be about 60 days starting. I'm starting to produce some shows now. I'll get it together. It's a unique idea. It hasn't been done before, and I'm really happy to bring it to you. And our fans shouldn't be too sad because you'll still be out and about oh, here, yeah. here and there for small bites I will as well. So still uh, be corresponding for small bites. Yeah, yeah so. I love everywhere you send me. Well, You're sending me tomorrow night. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I'll be heading to Bourbon Bash, the fourth annual Bourbon Bash, Tuesday, April seventeenth, from six to nine p.m. Well, that would be tomorrow's Monday. Ah, oh, that's right. Well, he's Tuesday. already been drinking. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so, it's a. Do you know about the what's going on with this? The DonorsChoose.org. Yes, so, they support the exact organization. It's a great organization. It's crazy organization. So, teachers all over the U.S. They need your help, guys, to bring their dreams to life to help them teach their students. So, it was started by a history teacher in 2000, Charles Best. So, he was at the Bronx Public Zoo, uh, Public Zoo, Public Zoo, Public High School, and. Charles thought about all the money he and his colleagues were spending on, you know, like printing books, doing things themselves to, because they just don't have the budgets mm-hmm. in the schools. So Charles sketched out a website where teachers could post classroom projects, requests, and donors like us can go on there, choose projects we want to donate to, and you know help them out and support them. It's open to every public school in America. Really, it's wow. it was great. I was really impressed by it when I started reading about like actually what it what it was. It's, yeah, it's they're, great. They're a fantastic organization. And uh, the event, uh, Bourbon Bash, it's the fourth annual. They have raised the Philadelphia area. Bank and Bourbon has donated over $50,000 in supplies to tri-state school teachers. Yeah. I want to see everybody out there Tuesday, April 17th, 6 to 9. It's at uh, Bank and Bourbon, and they are located at 1200 Market Street in beautiful Philadelphia, downtown Philadelphia, and it is, uh, it's very reasonable. It's $69 a person. They're going to be giving you all kind of drinks and food, a lot of tastings. Uh, We can raise a toast and celebration over there. It's a great, great cause, and hey, the classrooms and the kids need our help. There's nothing more important in this country than education right now. Exactly, and it's also the low 
Rose Philadelphia hotel location with it, which is uh, yep. 12th and Market. Right. So it's a great location. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we, we've always got John going to yeah, all yeah. sorts of things. Yeah, but, star-studded events. Yeah, but do you know where we're going to have to start uh, sending John right after here? I know where I'm well, going to well, send Monday's him. free because he, he can go there Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. So Monday, we're going to have to send him right down to Tennessee Avenue down in Atlantic City. Yeah, What's why? Well, we have two gentlemen in studio to tell us why we have Scott. What Chronicle. a segue. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we try here, Glenn. We, we try of huh? uh, off the press at WOND 14 a.m. Uh, the old station I used to be on with uh, Mr. Ed Hitzel and uh, Mark Colazzo, the CEO of Alpha Funding Solutions and one of the uh, founding members of Atlantic City Bottle Company and the Iron Room. It's a pleasure having you gentlemen in Great. studio. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So tell us uh, why John needs to start heading down to Tennessee Avenue. So, uh, you know, one of the things Atlantic City's missing is a walkable area of restaurants and bars and service amenities. You know, there's great restaurants, there's great places to go, but it doesn't really have an element of walkability unless you're inside a casino. Mm -hmm. So what we're trying to do is get one street together that has a concentration of those things that you can go to and walk and, and get everything all in one night. And also, the proximity is close to the boardwalk as well. Yeah. Well, so the the part of Tennessee Avenue we're developing is from Pacific Avenue to the boardwalk. So it's beach block, and we're kind of you know pitching it as a reverse pier. So instead of a pier going out in the water, this is a pier right. coming in. Well, with global warming, you're probably safer yeah, that we, way. We <laughs> may, yeah, we may be waterfront sooner than we. Right. <laughs> yeah. How many restaurants are you looking at uh, putting in there? Uh, so, so phase one of, of, of our block has Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall, which Scott will be talking about shortly, mm-hmm. made Atlantic City Chocolate, which I uh, hope you guys delicious. taste. Delicious. Good. Yeah. Absolutely delicious. Uh, we have a coffee shop, um, Heyday Cafe. Uh, there's already Piccolilli Pub. There's already um, the world-famous Irish Pub. And there's uh, another jazz uh, blues place coming. Cool. So. Uh, it's, a, it's a good start to the block, and then the hope is more places come in and join us and, you know, make it, make it the street to hit. And Don't. we already opened a yoga studio, so that's, you can work all that off. That's oh. right. Oh. Yeah. Good plan. I like, yeah. I like where you're thinking. By the way, I know you're looking at me and Scott. We didn't open the yoga studio. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, but we, they we welcome everyone. Really? Yeah. I'm so surprised. You look like yoga guys, right? Mm. Yeah. I think I'm, you should get up and do the Lotus, don't you? <laughs> I'm impressed you know what it is, Glenn. I do. Wow. Yeah. I don't know much else. But. I actually have been going to yoga, and, and I do like it, but uh, it's also hot yoga, so right. you can imagine I sweat a lot, so the, the yoga mat looks like a crime I couldn't scene. imagine that. But there's nothing hot about Mark and yoga pants. No, I don't no. wear yoga pants. That's the that's the good thing. What do you wear, jeans in there? You can't wear jeans. No, I just right? wear regular shorts. Nice. You know? right, great. You yeah. scare all the women. In yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think the yoga pants would scare them. So. <laughs> but that's phase one. So there's other things we hope to do down the road, too. But the, the last part of it will be Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall. Like Mark said, it's going to be, uh, it's in construction now. We hope to be open in uh, early June. 40 taps of beer uh, uh, and and, uh, you know, called craft beer. We're going to have, uh, we'll be the first bottle bar in Atlantic City. So we'll have about 200 uh, different bottles that you can grab uh, uh, to uh, to uh, either drink there or you could take with you. Um, the entire building is being reconstructed uh, where the front door is open like garage doors. So it opens out to the street. And then we have an adjacent uh, giant b- uh, beer yard outside uh, where we're going to have, uh, you know, all AstroTurf on the ground. We're going to have um, 
all the same amount of beers that are out there, 40 taps of beer out there. We're going to have games, lawn games, a big, hopefully, movie screen uh, to get people to, so for, mo- cool. for movie nights and sporting events like a, like and things like that. Yeah. Like a town center. Exactly. Almost, yeah. I yeah. think you need with barbecue, uh, barbecue with all that beer. Uh, well, you know? Yeah, well, Bar- Charles Soret is our chef. He uh, did Sublime Seafood. He also ran uh, all the BR guest restaurants for Harris, so that, you know, Dos Caminos and Bill's Burger mm-hmm. and all those and uh, those places. So uh, he has a really eclectic menu of comfort food and mm-hmm. kind of uh, uh, some German uh, things for the for, to go with the German beers. Uh, but but what we're really trying to be known for are uh, the best hot dogs in South Jersey because no one does hot dogs. Right. Like hot dogs are like where I grew up in Northeast Pennsylvania. Hot dogs are like you know with chili and right. uh, you know like not chili with beans like real hot, hot dog chili. chili right. You know uh, a sauce they call it in right. some places. And uh, I, we're really going to try to redefine the hot dog for South Jersey. Cool tater tots and greasy burgers and uh, big ass gringo tacos and mm. things like that. So uh, the idea is to um, and then and then with all kind of cool twists, you know, mm-hmm. to, to make them a little more uh, upscale and, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. fun. You know, I like and, that idea. Yeah, it's interesting. Sounds well, good. Well, the part that I really like about the idea, too, is Tennessee Avenue is not too far away from where the new Hard Rock Hotel uh, and Casino three blocks is opening. And the concept sort of goes hand in hand, because if you're going the Hard Rock, as, as, from what I can see, they, they have a press release coming soon that we're going to attend in Philadelphia. It looks as though they're pushing music mm-hmm. hardcore. Yep. And what I like is an area that has a decent music venue but then has an area where you can enjoy yourself afterwards, sort of like the Fillmore does in Philadelphia right. and South Street with the TLA. And and I sort of see the vision, me personally, maybe you sure. guys want to say differently, of going to a concert, enjoying that, and then you sort of mosey your way out and then enjoy the night going down the street. Pre-game, right. post-game yep. at our place. Yeah. Uh, but the, also our beer yard is going to have live music out there. We're going to have a big stage out there. That for, sounds very, very cool. And yeah. then the yeah. other yeah. thing is uh, we're going to close the street uh, on certain weekends so the mm-hmm. whole street won't be available for traffic and we're going to have like outdoor festivals and art oh. festivals and food truck festivals and things like that that uh, get people to realize that it's uh, it's not only uh, uh, there but it's, it's a safe place to go and that there's a lot of things to do in Atlantic City other than the casinos mm-hmm. you know and obviously you have your hand on the, the pulse of Atlantic City probably more than anyone else the, the press of Atlantic City your own radio show how Thank you. how can we have people come back into the fold of Atlantic City. I know for some Philadelphians, not all, the mentality has switched a bit of, well, we have a Sugar House, we have a Harris, Harris. Mm-hmm. we have that already here, Valley Forge. I don't need to make that trip down there. What's going to be the the block to make sure that, hey, we're still a destination for you to come to. So Mark can expand on this, but you know, one thing that I think when we always saw destination gaming uh, pop up in Atlantic, uh, outside of Atlantic City, was that we knew one thing they couldn't do is compete with us from a infrastructure standpoint. So, well, first of all, there's no beach in Philadelphia, right? There's <laughs> uh, so so we know that we got them beat there. Uh, but what they we also have them beat is two thousand room towers and convention space, and uh, and we really are. 
a really great dining destination uh, on top of all that. But we also have 5,000 seat venues and 2,000 seat venues and 800 seat venues and Boardwalk Hall that has 13,000 seats. So uh, there's more entertainment on a headliner basis in Atlantic City on any given weekend than Philadelphia uh, by far. Uh, and then, oh. you know, uh, when you really think about it, uh, it, and even if you look at New York City, uh, it's hard to believe, but if you look at headliners, uh, there's way more entertainment in New York City on average. But if you look at headliners on an average week or weekend, especially now when Hard Rock comes into the mix, there's more headliners in Atlantic City. Now, some of those might be Engelbert Humperdinck, but on the other hand... Still a headliner. It, hey, uh, hey, that's a strong, hey, don't go be making fun of my favorite no, performer. No, that's a strong name, and that, and that, <laughs> it is. And that uh, generates uh, a lot of revenue and traffic. Right. Yeah, but, yeah, but, really. there's, but there's also, you know, there's also big name acts like The Who there, you know, or right. whoever, who? you know. Uh, you, you heard them. <laughs> so, so, so I think... Who? I don't know. So when you combine all of that stuff and you look at what Harris, and, and nothing against Harris Chester or Sugar House, is that they don't have all that. And plus, they only have one here, and then there's another one 15 miles away. We have uh, eight or nine in uh, in a very small driving distance. So well, I, think, destination- I, think you, I think you need to say to people, too, you're not just coming to gamble, and you can come and spend a weekend or a week and never set foot inside a casino or, or stay in a casino right. and never set foot on the casino floor. Well, it's becoming, well, it's, it's becoming Las Vegas. Right, it, and it's become more... Uh, about doing things in AC now, I believe. Right. You know, not just, like, like you said, like not just Las going Vegas. To, yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's more a de- family destination. Yeah. And, and I, when I am in Atlantic City, I see families and stuff down there. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. And also, the, yeah, the boardwalk is, is world famous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love they redid a lot of it. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's, yeah. well, and, they, the and they reconnected it. Yeah, it's connected all the way from the inlet all the way down to Margate. Oh, wow. Wow, okay. And, uh, yeah. you know, Atlantic City has a distillery now. We have made Atlantic City chocolate. We can talk about that. It's it's There's nowhere in the country that is is what this place is. So uh, it's it's uh, more of a destination than just gambling. World's so. famous, uh, world's favorite board game. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Well, that's funny you say that. Tennessee <laughs> Avenue Beer yeah. Hall is actually, uh, the design of it is going to be uh, based on Monopoly. Uh, our beer logo is basically the Tennessee Avenue uh, picture, uh, the, really? uh, the placard with a, a, beer, cool. a beer mug made out of it. People sure will relate, but didn't want to say cool. that. Well, everyone can relate to that. You know, everyone's yeah. played yeah. that game as a child. Yeah. That's something sure. that just, they can relate Eric to. Eric still plays relatable. it now. <laughs> and we're going to have graffiti art inside that has some, you know, some things that look similar to the, the, that and uh, the, our, our, one of our Logos looks a little bit like Mr. Monopoly. So there's things that we're just trying to tie into the history of it, uh, as well as, uh, you know, as, as as well as moving forward progressively. And, and how did the concepts come about? Was uh, did the tenants of, say, made chocolate in this yoga, uh, yoga studio, were they on board first or did you throw the concept out and say, hey, let's let's create this? So the yoga studio was the first to come on board. And, and I just approached all the different concepts of, of businesses that I wanted and I walked them down the block and showed them my vision, and, and they signed on right away. Um, I wish everybody else was that easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deb and Mark Pellegrino, which is the husband and wife uh, owners of Made Made Chocolate, uh, we knew them just from being in Atlantic City. Deb was the head pastry chef for Harris Caesars, and Mark was a sous chef for Tropicana um, Carmine's. So they had this idea that they were kind of always talking about going into business together and chocolate's their passion. And so they, they wanted to open a bean to bar chocolate shop. And I said, well, we also have a liquor license on the street. So it's kind of one half of the building is a bean to bar chocolate shop. And she takes raw cocoa beans that she sources from around the world and makes chocolate from scratch. Wow. Separating that is a pane of glass. And on the other side is the bar. 
So we could actually be sitting at the bar, having a glass of wine, watching her make chocolate, eating her chocolate, Very eating cool. desserts that Very she's cool. made. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I like it. Uh, we have you know, great wine selection. We've made chocolate cocktails. I'm a big old-fashioned fan, and we have the most amazing chocolate old-fashioned you ever have in your life. It sounds weird, but it's awesome. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. Wow. I love old-fashioned. I mean, and, yeah. and then you'll be able to pair wines with chocolate. Pair, uh, there'll be beer there. There'll be a uh, pair, you know, uh, and so it's perfect for bachelor parties, bachelorette parties, things like that. But um, they're also going to retail uh, and wholesale this chocolate. So I hopefully mean, we'll see this chocolate all around Atlantic City in boutique shops or you know, groceries and things like that. Yeah, I mean, kudos to them. I mean, I mean, the, the chocolate is phenomenal, world class. And that orange one's amazing, right? Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if it's in their plans or not, but I think Atlantic City would be the perfect destination because it doesn't exist yet in Philadelphia. Around the world, there's certain locations where it's high-end chocolate shops where they even have mm-hmm. the experience to make your own chocolate where mm-hmm. the customer comes in and there's a class to actually make it right there. And if, if it's not, that to me would be perfect. Right by the beach mm-hmm. with a chocolate making experience. She is. She's going to offer classes to, oh, to make chocolate. There's actually going to be little mortar and pestle where you can make your own small batch of chocolate while you're sitting yeah. at the bar. Oh, that's cool. And, and I think that we should just, uh, Mark glossed over it, but Deb Pellegrino uh, was the executive pastry chef of Harris Caesars and Bally's and has been there for well over 15 years or 10 years yeah like 19 years Uh, and she left her job just to do this and and I mean she was on on the Food Network and she's uh, she's really one of the best she is the best pastry chef in Atlantic City uh, and has been for a very long time and she went all in on this uh, to the point that like she left her job of 19 years with a big very big company uh, to do something that's really special and important to her now uh, her desserts that we've all known from Harris are going to be featured there too so you're going to be able to uh, the chocolate that she's making from beans will be featured in her desserts that you're going to be able to buy there too. So it's not just chocolate. It's going to be difficult for me to get to that beer hall because it sounds like I'm spending a lot of time. (laughs) Derek, Derek, your stomach is like... You don't need any more high calorie chocolate cakes, whatever. Well, these are all okay. calorie free. Yeah. Yes, they are. Yeah. I can tell. The orange peel is fantastic, right? Well, I mean, they all are. I, I'm big I like fan. the sea salt. The orange yeah. was very, very yeah. good. Yeah. Now, obviously, as we said, we we have Tennessee Avenue building up, and two of my favorite restaurants are actually located in Atlantic City, and they're owned by the the same group. Uh, the knife and fork in uh-huh. and Doc's Oyster and House. Doc's yeah. Oyster House. Mm-hmm. So it seems as though with you have a full experience. Oh yeah, coming about that for the foodie within me, the beachgoer, the family. This is going to be the whole encompassing experience that Atlantic City obviously was getting some bad press over the last few years, and like a phoenix is reborn from the ashes and looked like you're going to be stronger than ever. So I I really appreciate everything that you gentlemen are doing, and not to put Scott on the spot. Scott on the spot. You're a poet and don't know it. Put me on the spot. So what's your favorite restaurant in Atlantic City? Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to kick him under the table right now. <laughs> well, it's it's funny. Well, he wants me to say his restaurant. It's, it, 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 the Iron Room is We'll is let Mark's you restaurant. say your yeah. restaurant. And, and, and listen, the Iron Room is certainly in my top five. It's not my favorite restaurant Ooh. in the city, but it is it is uh, an amazing... I just did a story on it last week. It is the most different and uh, unique restaurant. You know, uh, small plates, uh, great stuff, unique. Kevin Cronin's an amazing chef. Uh, they're doing things there that no one else is doing in our 
part of uh, part of the region. But my favorite restaurant is uh, Cafe Twenty Eight Twenty Five. It is just uh, the best Italian restaurant that I've ever eaten in in this country. Wow! Wow! Yeah. So it's a lot of class. It's not it's not just Atlantic City, mm-hmm. right? Twenty Eight Twenty Five is incredible. Yeah, it's uh, the guys are making mozzarella table side. They're making papio really? catchy table side. They're uh, they're making their own pastas, their own sauces. They and you know the most unique dish that they have is. Uh, I got to try to get this right. It's chicken parmesan fra diavolo bolognese. Yeah. Okay. Congratulations <laughs> to you. Right? Now it's gold star dish. for the day. And if Derek would have messed that up. <laughs> uh, that and the papio ketchup are two just amazing papio dishes. Ketchup. Papio Ketchi. So they take a, uh, a, 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 a what's the part cheese? It's a wheel of Romano cheese. Romano. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they hollow part mm-hmm. of it out and then they toss pasta and, and pepper and the cheese. So it's just cheese and pepper. Right on That's the fun. side. So it's just the cheese from the ca- uh. from the cave, uh, the carved out thing. Hot pasta goes uh-huh. in there, melts the cheese when Ooh. it hits there. Yeah. And then they scrape it in there and they just pepper, cheese, and pasta. Derek's and drooling. It. You got it all over the microphone. No, he, he always drools. I know. Yeah. That's just step like is a little extra drool. It's both sides of the <laughs> Joe, the owner, will make that table side for you. Yeah. He makes mozzarella really? table side. Oh. And, and, and the mozzarella is like burrata, really, because yeah. he, it's just a, it's just yeah. incredible. But that papio ketchup is just simple. But you know what? Isn't that what great food is? Is that appetizer about? or main dish? It is. Agreed. But appetizer that, or main dish? That's a, that's a, it's a pasta dish. Yeah, yeah. It's a, but you know, the, the, like any good restaurant, that's you know, you get that and you share that. Right, and then you right, share right. this and you share that. And then before you know it. But if you're going to go, you got to get the, the papio ketchup, the mozzarella, homemade mozzarella, and then what, the chicken parm. What kind of price points? It's uh, it, it's it's not cheap. Well, I would you, say, pay, you know, you I, 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 I would yeah, say I, I would I would say you know the a couple uh, you know, per check average would be a uh, hundred to one hundred and fifty bucks depending if you're drinking. Right. It depends yeah. if you're drinking or not. Yeah. You know, but sure. I mean, if you drink to you know, I would say one hundred fifty two hundred bucks. Okay, well, yeah, for a couple. After that description, Mark, you've got a lot to do to convince us about the Iron Room. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the Iron Room. So so the Iron Room was was my vision of the place that I want to go eat and drink in. So uh, I'm really into wine, so our, our wine list is great. I'm also into whiskey, and, and our whiskey list is, is immense and incredible. We have over 400 whiskeys by the glass. Uh, we make great cocktails, but predominantly everything is small plates because like scott was saying when we go out i want to share so mm-hmm. so if the five of us were out i don't want us to order five entrees i want us to order six I mean, that's right. and if the five of us really if the five of us were out derek would pick up the check that would yeah. be oh awesome. great yeah well, i'm a huge fun. fan of small plate i love small plate i'm a huge fan of derek picking up the check <laughs> yeah me too i'm a fan of both <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, you'll have uh, things that are kind of simple, uh, but delicious, like uh, potato croquettes, like something mm-hmm. so simple. It's just a signature item of theirs. They do, uh, I think, one of the best uh, beef tartars uh, dish that you'll ever have. And uh, Chef uh, Kevin basically takes, uh, he likes uh, fast food and he makes it into gourmet food. So his uh, beef tartare is like what he imagines a McDonald's burger would be like if it was uh, deconstructed. Really? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so uh, it's, it's uh, Cornichon pickles, diced onions, uh, a homemade ketchup, a homemade mustard. Sesame and, seeds. Uh, sesame seeds. <laughs> yeah. My Very goodness. Cool. Well, gentlemen, it a- sounds to me as though Atlantic City is uh, the place to be. Yes, now, road trip. And in the future. Yeah. We can't wait for Tennessee Beer Hall to open. We appreciate you gentlemen coming in studio. It really was an honor to talk about this new project, and we can't wait 
to go down and experience it for ourselves. And I know Hard Rock. I know all the restaurants that are going there, and all, and most of the restaurants are reopening inside of the old Revel, which is now Ocean Resort Casino. And uh, we're about to become even a better des- dining destination than we ever were. Awesome. Thank you so much, Scott. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Uh, oh, yes. Oh, and like <laughs> Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall on Facebook, please. Yes, Scott Chronic and Mark Colazzo. Thank you so much. Uh, now, Glenn, you had all the jokes this what? evening, and you, yes. were, you were cracking me up with all of them. I always do. Oh, yes, but now we have the perfect person online. Now, who would that be? That would be Lisa Steele, and she has some books that include Let's Hatch Chicks, Fresh I, Eggs Daily. I thought she was going to tell jokes. Duck Eggs Daily. Well, the, what? why did Chicken Cross the Road? Maybe she knows. And <laughs> Gardening with Chicks, and her website, FreshEggsDaily.com, uh, which is uh, supported by Better Homes and Gardens, and a TV show. Uh, she's on to talk about the resources for seasoned chicken Razors everywhere. How's it going tonight, Lisa? Hi. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. So, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about Fresh Eggs Daily, uh, your television show, and what it's about to uh, have seasoned chicken razors? <laughs> yeah, it's really exciting how many people are interested in raising chickens and how popular it's become in suburban areas with foodies. Um, just so many people really are enjoying raising chickens. So my site um, is just a great resource for that. Now, you, you've talking about coming into urban areas. I know in Philadelphia, maybe Scott can talk about the Atlantic City area. Philadelphia hasn't really come on board with the movement of chicken raising. Little pockets here or there, they're allowing people to have them. But the, the rules are still very stringent. Uh, within the city. How about, how about in Atlantic City, Scott? Do you know about Atlantic City? Yeah, yeah. They, very, you have to be zoned for that kind of stuff. But there are a lot of farms right outside of Atlantic City within a 10-mile radius that do it. So, so, Lisa, do you see the day that these urban areas will start to see the uh, advantages to have people raise their own chickens? I think slowly but surely. You know, chickens are kind of creeping into maybe not the completely urban areas, but the suburbs and, you know, people who work in the cities might be bringing some of their fresh eggs into coworkers and they see how fresh they are and how delicious they are. And I, I think that it's something that, you know, it, it's just, it's more than a fad. It's something that has caught on and, and really is spreading. I mean, if you live in an apartment, it's kind of hard to raise chickens, obviously. <laughs> so, but, you know, you don't need a very big backyard to have just a couple. So how does somebody get into chicken raising? I mean, what you make a decision? Ah, I'm going to raise some chickens. What happens? Pretty much, you go you go to your feed store, or um, you can order them online. They can ship them right to your house in a little box, believe really? it or not. And then uh, you just need to keep them in the house under heat for about eight weeks until they grow their feathers, and then you put them outside in a little chicken coop that you built in those eight weeks, or bought, or found on Craigslist, or turned your garden shed into a chicken coop really? and that's about it you just feed and water them and collect and, they grow. and keep them safe wow. from all the things that want to eat them yeah and they grow and wow. <laughs> lisa, lisa my brother has a chicken coop he lives in the suburbs of pennsylvania he lives on a little farmette. he has like 40 chickens and the eggs are amazing but the problem is some people are a little turned off because they don't look like the eggs you see at the supermarket why is that 
Right. Well, depending on what breeds he has, they might be different colors. You know, I personally like the blue eggs and the green eggs, but I know a lot of people who sell eggs tell me that they have problems selling them because people are just used to either white eggs or brown eggs. But like you said earlier, there's such a huge difference between a fresh egg and a store-bought egg. Huge difference. It's really easy to convert people over. Absolutely. Huge Mm -hmm. difference. But once they see the egg, though, it just kind of turns them up. But the taste is amazing. What's the difference in the taste? They're just fresh. I mean, Lisa, you probably can explain it better than I can. The difference in the taste. Well, so, yeah. So, we we eat eggs that, you know, might be four minutes old. I mean, I can go down in the morning and collect an egg that my chicken has just oh. laid, come in the house and cook it. So, your average supermarket egg can be on the shelf for, I don't know, like 45 days right. before you buy it. Wow. You know, it has to get from the chicken to the farm to the truck to the shelf to you buying it to your house. And that freshness really comes through in the taste. But more than that, it's what your chickens are eating. Right. You know, our chickens are out eating bugs and grass and weeds and garden leftovers and, you know, our kitchen leftovers. And that kind of diet just really makes the eggs taste better. Well, if she was eating Glenn's leftovers, she would love barbecue. That's right. <laughs> but, but but Glenn does have, he just recently opened, Fat uh, Glenn opened many chains of What's Fat the name Jack's of it? Barbecue. Glenn just recently opened Fat Jack's Chicken, chicken and, and Biscuits. So I might have to raise my own so, chicken. So yeah. Glenn thinks that biscuits goes well with That's right. chicken. What would What is your perfect side with chicken? Oh, no. So we don't eat our chickens. Oh, oh no. <laughs> okay, what's the perfect side for the chickens that are not yours that you eat? The, the eggs that she um, eats. The eggs, the chickens. Really, yeah, the eggs. I really don't eat much chicken anymore, whether it's <laughs> I know, why. someone else's or not. Um, but, <laughs> so hollandaise sauce. Egg Benedict with hollandaise okay. sauce. I think that's the perfect way to cook eggs so this is a big thing in austin because uh, i go to austin quite a bit and they do this yeah, in, uh, yeah it's, a, it's a really big thing and one thing that i found there that i want to do at the tennessee avenue beer hall is they have um chicken poop bingo so they basically put a chicken in a yes. in, in a in a, uh, in a in a in a thing with a bingo uh, bingo board and then everyone has to take a number and then the first number that the chicken poops on everybody win, you win you win that, that you win that, that money awesome wouldn't that be fun that's awesome uh, we're gonna try to, if mark will allow it and the health department will allow it we're going to do no that. way the health department's <laughs> passing. Now, you ever going to have 200 chickens in here? And we're Wait gonna... a minute. That's our new promo. Oh. Kev, if you're listening, start it up. Man, Chicken poop bingo is... with a honky tonk band. That. It's a good afternoon Damn. out. Yeah, I'll bet. It's I like great. that idea. That is awesome. You... Right, Lisa? Sounds Chicken good. Chicken poop bingo. It's fun, right? Right? Ch- chickens are so fun. See? Yep. I mean, you can have people over for a barbecue and the chickens can entertain you too. That is, and, and they could be really tasty too. That is amazing. Now, now also right? <laughs> <laughs> with with this change of the way people are eating, and we want more fresh, more organic, uh, going local. Do you see a day within the next fifteen? 20 years that we are removing ourselves from these mass egg producers where they're literally just factories and these chickens are getting sick to where we can actually have all of our eggs come from producers who are raising their chickens humanely in the way that you're suggesting people to do so. I I think shorter than 20 years because a lot of states are already passing laws where the chickens need more space. They can't be in cages. People are starting to get smart about what the carton labels mean. And, you know, with every person that I can encourage to raise their own chickens, that's one more person that's not buying commercial eggs. So, you know, it might take a long time, but one person at a time, I think we're 
we're kind of lessening the demand for um, store-bought ice. In fact, just tonight on the news, as I was waiting to call in, there was a huge recall. I think they, they said the largest in history, like over 200 million eggs were yep, recalled. I heard that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Farm. Salmonella. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. I grew up, my family, we owned a small chain of stores and we sold a lot of eggs. Now you go in the supermarket and there's a plethora of different varieties and styles and types. So I, I don't know how that attributes, but I mean, if you have the space at home, this is a great way to, you know, yeah, if, you, if you have a big family and like to grow your own John, eggs, they are fantastic. But, are they really? Yeah. John, question. Where'd you get a big word like plethora? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not from Derek. Not from Derek. I spelled no, it wrong no. and said it wrong. No, certainly not. Certainly not. <laughs> plethora. Derek, what? Now, t- tell us what is the one largest struggle of raising your own chickens? Predators. Pretty much everything wants to eat chickens, besides you guys. <laughs> besides, yeah. Uh, yeah, Glenn. <laughs> Glenn, you got, you got wolf, you got dogs, there's, yeah. Glenn. there's Glenn. There's a lot of predators, yeah. so you got to watch. You got to put barbed right. wire and chicken wire on. Yeah. And if you, I found if you throw some barbecue spice in the weeds, he'll stay over there. <laughs> yeah, so he won't go. really go near the chickens. <laughs> you're, you're pretty funny. No, I, I try. No, no, you don't. Well, well, well uh, Lisa, it was such a pleasure it was. It was fun. Uh, to uh, talk about chickens and eggs and hatching and all this uh, uh, Lisa Steele, why don't you give us uh, the website, your social medias, or uh, promote a book before you go? Sure. Super simple. Um, FreshEggsDaily.com is my site. On social media, I'm at Fresh Eggs Daily on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And my book is called Fresh Eggs Daily. So, there, and I do have a couple other books. But if you start there on Amazon, you'll find my other ones. So, just awesome. remember Fresh Eggs Daily. Thank you so much. A pleasure talking Thanks to so you. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Bye-bye, Lisa. Take care. I knew okay, that bye. eating chicken. Say hello to the chickens for us too. It's going to go bad. I did too. <laughs> yeah, I, did too. I, 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 I like how she's bad. like, yeah, you can deliver them. So I'm thinking of getting a couple on eBay, maybe a couple used or something. I'll put a bit in. You know? <laughs> used chicken, right? Well, they have a bite taken. She out said of them? you can order them and they ship them right to your house in a box. Yeah, okay. That is, yeah, that that's is pretty cool. That is amazing. Yeah, I my brother she does the chickens in at night and pets them and has names yeah. for them. Well, she's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Hey, Glenn, what about a Fat Jacks on Tennessee Avenue? Uh, we can talk. Right. I'd Sounds, love to do that. I'll tell you why. It's but, a good name. Fat Jacks on Tennessee yeah. Avenue. You know, Glenn need, uh, there's no barbecue in, in Atlantic City. Well, talk, let's, let's talk. Talking about barbecue, Glenn certainly loves to talk about barbecue. Yes, I do. And our next guest is going to talk about barbecue. Loves talking about barbecue as well. Why he, would that be? He is Ray Sheehan, the CEO of Barbecue Buddha. And oh boy, Glenn, you've got your... Uh, 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 talk about <laughs> competition cut out for you hey guys what's up how's it going uh ray because uh ray he's a award winner multi-award so am i whoa it's going great i I was i was hoping that i got it got to you guys just in time for this uh the barbecue chicken bingo, maybe. <laughs> I, was I was listening to the chicken. No, it's barbecue chicken. No, it's like, chicken wow, poop man, bingo. Yeah, but you don't say poop. What do you say? Uh, well, yeah. oh, you, right, well, I was, well, okay, I got you. You got it. You got, <laughs> it. got it. Never mind. But I like that chicken and the biscuit idea. I like that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, don't give uh, Glenn compliments. You're just stroking uh, his ego. But, Ray, tell us no, about. I, I, was gonna, I do um, like that. What's that? Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say that's actually one of the things that we sample with our barbecue sauce is chicken and a biscuit crackers. And I was thinking, I love those. Genius. He's got like a whole place with just chicken and chicken biscuits. and biscuits. <laughs> yeah. So Ray, you are the founder and the CEO of Barbecue Buddha. It's an award-winning line of healthy-minded barbecue sauces and seasoning rubs. 
tell us all about how it got yes, started sir. and what it's about. Well, uh, you know, I was helping out another barbecue team, and uh, that was back in, like, 2014. And I started developing rubs and sauces, and we used them in competition. And they were well-received. And, um, you know, fortunately, with the support of my family, I was able to, you know, uh, live out my dream and, and just really delve all into creating my own line of products. Um, we started out with the Memphis Mop Barbecue Sauce, and um, and the belly rub seasoning, which is an all-purpose, low-sodium barbecue rub. And, um, you know, fortunately, they were, you know, we've won a ton of awards with the, uh, with the Memphis Mop. And uh, we've gotten some great reviews. And that one has really been leading the way for us. Um, it's a sweet and tangy sauce. It's low in sugar. And um, then we followed that up with a Kansas City-style sauce and, uh, and a steak rub because we had people – you know, we wanted to use something that, that since the belly rub is low in sodium, uh, we came out with the steak rub that people will use uh, in conjunction with that, and that's like a seasoned salt. So it it really is great for uh, you know big roast, big meats, your briskets, uh, prime ribs, uh, but great on steaks. I use them together on burgers. You know, the, the rubs work very well together. Let me let me say, I actually have some of your stuff. I got it. Uh, I was judging a barbecue competition up in North Jersey uh, for Gunter Wilhelm, and uh, <clears throat> your, your stuff is oh, awesome. Yes, your, yes. Yeah, your stuff is awesome. I mean, it's... Thank you so much. It's, um, it, it is outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. I use it on stuff at the restaurant for myself, obviously, and it's really, really <laughs> he good. He doesn't put it on for the customer. No, I don't put it on for he the customer. He doesn't customers. need his stuff. You. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it, well, we'll it, have to get you some more of it. I'm open for that. Uh, really, it, it is absolutely outstanding, and I don't say that about anything too much. I know. That, no, you not, have not take, at all, yeah, actually. You, you okay, have not to, at so all. You should take that right. That's a huge compliment. <laughs> take that sound bite and just play I, it over I, and over I again. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm serious. Very good. Very, very good. So for Barbecue uh, Buddha, uh, how often are you going to the sanctioned events? Because obviously uh, you've been all over the place now on the East Coast. We understand it's not as easy. We don't have as many events, which sort of makes me sad because I think that barbecue should be every weekend event as soon as it gets warm. Uh, How do you absolutely how do you target where you're going to go with barbecue buddha well you know we we've competed everywhere you know like you said there's not a ton around uh, you know on the east coast but you know we do kansas city barbecue society events i do uh backyard events i do you know i do pop-up dinners i teach barbecue classes i try to stay really busy and really reach out you know to to the customers because i'll i'll do you know, we we'll probably do 12 to 15 events a year. Um, but like I said, we've done everything, you know, from New Jersey, New York, uh, the Bull Burger Battle in New York, to the World Food Championships in Orange Beach, Alabama. So we really try to, you know, get out there. And everyone is for different reasons. You know, like the World Food Championships is uh, a bigger stage. Yes, um, You know, the backyard events are because, A, they're usually for charity um, so we're helping raise money for a charity and it does get us exposure. And then a lot of times for these events, like especially the smaller ones, 
I'll give out, you know, a, like a gift, a barbecue Buddha gift basket or, you know, a selection of sauces. Like yesterday, I, I actually judged the chili contest and uh, I gave out, you know, one of each of my products as to the winner, you know. So th- there's so many different ways. And, and then we also do like, you know, samplings in different stores and farm markets. It, you know, it takes a village. It's not, it's, it's a wildly competitive market. Uh, you know, barbecue sauce and seasoning. So we really try to just get out there as much as possible and interact with as many people because I, I couldn't really get, you know, um, I couldn't really purchase the advertising that I would need to really be a huge company. I have to, you know, grind it out day in and day out. Um, I also write, you know, for the National Barbecue News and I get my recipes and reviews in there. And, um, and then we have an ad in there. So like, you know, it's, it's, it's not one specific thing. It's, it's a lot of different things that it's like pennies in a jar that hopefully one day add up and, uh, you know, it works out, you know, so far so good. Ray, are you working on anything else? New products? Uh, I do have some, some products, uh, that I'm working on. I have a, um, right now we're, we're loosely calling it a Texas barbecue sauce. But basically, it's going to be a sweet and spicy sauce. Mm. Um, I also have a honey chipotle rub, which mm. is done. Uh, but I, I'm I'm a little slower to release the next two items in the line uh, because we're starting to approach some bigger stores, and I want to make sure that I can, you know, produce right. the ones that I have in my line. Exactly. You want you want, you want the quality stuff, to so. be there. That, that that's excellent. Now, right. We're, we're, I, we're going to cross Glenn out automatically just because if you were going to say him, his name, his ego would just be un- uncontrollable. Shut up. But You're a puss. Who, who <laughs> in barbecue did you look up to creating all of your recipes and getting into barbecue? I know a lot of people hate him or love him. Me personally, I love Myron Mixon. It was such a joy to talk to him. Who was it for you? Wow. So, so I'll tell you what, uh, I'm going to say it like this. Um, so Myron was the first person that I noticed that was like that, that really, he was the hook, you know, that kind of brought me in, mm-hmm. but my background has always been in food. Like I went to, to, to school, you know, for cooking. Um, and I've worked in fine dining restaurants. I've worked in a lot of different aspects of the food industry. So Myron was the hook for me. Uh, but you know, when it came time to really, uh, you know, look up to someone and I, I would have to say Tuffy Stone, Oh you know, yeah, I, I, I was fortunate enough to like his background matched up to mine as far as like, you know, you know the fine, the, the classically trained chef going into barbecue. So when it came time for me to take a class, I wanted to take a class with someone who, whose background kind of matched up to mine. So yeah. Uh, they're both amazing world champions. I mean, there's a lot of guys I look up to in barbecue, um, you know, so, but, but I would have to say, I, if it had to be one, I'd probably say Tuffy. That's great. That's great. Well, we could, we could talk barbecue for days and days at the studio and we love it. It was such a pleasure having you Absolutely. Uh, call in Chef Ray Sheehan, the founder and CEO of Barbecue Buddha. Uh, why don't you give us any social medias or anything like that before you go? Uh, BBQ Buddha, B-U-D-D-H-A, BBQBuddha.com. Thanks. That's where it's at. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Take care, Ray. Thank you. You too. 
All right. Well, our next guest, 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 our next guest, Glenn. Okay. She actually was on the show of the nickname that you usually call me. What? Putz? The Biggest sure. Loser. Oh, The Biggest Loser. <laughs> oh. I didn't know the word. Okay. And, and that would be Chef Devin Alexander. And uh, it is a pleasure to talk to you, Chef Devin. She is online to talk hey. about... <laughs> Thank you for having me on. Oh, uh, it is our, our, pleasure. our pleasure. And she is on to talk about her new cookbook, You Can Have It, More Than 100 and 25 decadent diabetes friendly recipes brought to you from the American Diabetes Association. I'm listening intently. Oh yes, Glenn uh, is is diabetic <laughs> and uh, needs all the help that he can get. Uh, shut oh, up. Shut up. Wow. Well, then I'm actually, in, in, more, uh, in more ways I, than I, one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. No, like deliver you pizzas and burgers and all the things that you think you can't have. Uh, and honestly, this book is really for everybody um, who wants to be fit and wants to eat the foods they love. There's a whole chapter on party and appetizer eating. Oh, I like her. And for anybody who's <laughs> and anybody who's seen the book already um, will see that I purposely included lifestyle shots of me and my friends. Like, there's a whole steak and potato salad set up with me and a friend playing beach tennis in the background because that's what we take to picnic on. One of my girlfriends and I are having these yummy salmon appetizers with cucumbers and uh, a garlicky dill sauce. And the idea, I lost 70 pounds over 30 years ago, and I was able to do it when I could make it social and make food that everybody would eat. Because you try to do it in a vacuum and you feel like you're stuck with plain chicken and steamed broccoli by yourself. And it's just not going to last. Yeah, w without a doubt. And also, what I what I really enjoy about the book, I mean, beautiful photography, uh, simple techniques. You're showing people how to do all of these recipes with affordable ingredients. And truly, you think, oh, how good can it be? But they're mouthwatering. These meals are delicious and fantastic. So thank you so much. Uh, how did you come up with the idea to, to come up with this book and create it with the American Diabetes Association? Well, as I said, I weighed 70 pounds, my, or I lost 70 pounds myself. I weighed 200 pounds as a 15-year-old and really needed to change my life. And I couldn't do it until I had recipes that included my Italian favorites and brownies and things. Like, I just have no willpower. And then I wrote the entire Biggest Loser cookbook series that is um, New York Times bestselling and... After I finished that and the show wrapped, I was like, okay, what can I do next that can make the biggest impact? And you probably know, but diabetes is the number two leading cause of preventable death. It's the number six or number seven, depending which chart you look at, um, cause of death in this country. And so I was like, huh, that's where most people need my help and where I feel like I can really transform. And as I said, this is one of those books that you literally, if you have a loved one, who you don't want to approach because they may be sensitive or you just don't want to insult them um, and be like, hey, you know, you really need to take care of this. You don't even need to approach them now. All you need to do is cook and serve them a number of meals from the book. 
Don't tell them it's a diabetes book. Yeah. And then you can totally get them on board. And and the way to do so, so it, it, I, is you, you don't even, you just tell them. I mean, some of the uh, the, the menus that you have in there, uh, the recipes, you could just say, hey, you want a waffle fry barbecue bites or cheesy lasagna roll-ups or drippy taco burgers? I mean, like the you said. The answer would be yes. Yeah. The, the answer is immediately yes if I hear that. <laughs> Right, or dark chocolate pudding, or pumpkin pie bites, or pilots, or whatever they're called. Yes. So, you're absolutely right. Like, that's the point. I mean, there's even, like, for kids, watermelon cupcakes, which adults fight over, too, but kids will literally fight over these. And the funny thing is, they're watermelon slices cut out in a cupcake-shaped cookie cutter, and then I have this whip topping that is out of this world that I call Devonly Whip Topping. And it only adds 10 calories to ice the top of the watermelon slice. And then you use gelatin uh, glitter, which is zero calories. And you put one blueberry on it, and it seriously looks like a cupcake. And if you say, hey, do you want a watermelon cupcake? Kids aren't going to be like, that's not a real cupcake. They're going to say, yes. Of course. (laughs) So so many parents, you know, strive to get their kids to eat more fruit and vegetables. And there's a lot of, like... Just really different ways with simple, like even the gelatin glitter, I found that when I was writing the Biggest Loser Dessert book because, again, that had to be low in sugar. And I'm like, gosh, how do I make this, you know, doing a whole dessert book, like there's got to be something festive for holidays. So it made sense, as I said, like there really is a whole party and appetizer chapter in this book. And I can guarantee you that I've served every meal to friends. Like I, I had a launch party that literally every appetizer served was from the book. There's cocktails in here, believe it or not. So you will not be deprived. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's the go-to book for yes. anything you need, obviously. And also, uh, as you said, diabetes, it, it's so it, it's rampant in America. And every single day, people are being affected by it. And it takes an emotional toll on families. Uh, speaking of emotional tolls, how was it working with the biggest loser? That had to be an emotional roller coaster at times, hearing some of those stories and seeing some of the successes and the failures. Uh, how did you handle that? that, that yeah, I mean, I can describe how amazing, like, people, you know, I work too much. Like, I admit that publicly all the time. But the thing is, when you're. When you get, I mean, honestly, this book, I consider even, you know, The Biggest Loser, like, I was so blessed to get to work with them. And I still have tons of the fr- tons of the contestants are my friends that I text all the time. And, you know, there's people, like, I recently um, took in a foster little baby girl, which was a dream of mine. And there's contestants, like, constantly, you know, who knew me, who knew that's what I wanted. And, you know, sending me cheerleading things and, and whatever. It really is a family. So there's, you know, that whole thing that's just magical and special. Um, but this book, because it's so close, like, you know, you get diagnosed with type 2 or pre-diabetes or gestational diabetes, which is another one, and you feel like the doctor gives you this, like, prescription for nothingness, you know? And so the letters that I have gotten already on the book, like, literally completely blow away what I was getting on Biggest Loser. Wow. Um, That said, yes, Biggest Loser, especially if people watch the finales, like, you could feel in the audience, and, I mean, it's just palpable how much change and excitement and 
all of that is there. So, it, it, I mean, I've just been so blessed. Like, as I said, I work really hard, and I've gotten lucky, and I work hard, and I've, I've just had such an amazing ride, and I'm, I'm just so excited to get to do the work that I do. Really quick, what, uh, what's your biggest or, or fondest or most favorite story, memory of uh, The Biggest Loser? Oh, God. Um, I mean, I got to go on Jillian Michaels' wellness cruise and work on it, doing the cooking demos, and that was amazing. I was on QVC with Allie Vincent, which was amazing. Kim Lyons and I used to travel and do speaking engagements. So, um, I mean, There's so many. Yeah. Mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like every minute on that show, as you said, is so inspirational. Exactly. And I, I, to me, it's the people keeping it off and helping them get through their blocks. And, yeah, and then gotcha. when they're not and they reach out, be able to be a cheerleader for them still. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's just like, you know, I was at Courtney Crozier's wedding and she married um, Alex Respis, who was a contestant on Extreme Weight Loss, and they met in a Biggest Loser casting line. So, like, watching them find so much happiness, like, wow. I mean, that might be the biggest um, cool. yeah. To see these two people like to meet that way, another contestant met his wife in the casting. I mean, it's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it just goes on and on. Well, you are certainly an inspiration, and I think that this book is going oh. to inspire a lot of people, and hopefully, we can uh, turn the trend around and start decreasing the amount of diabetes and having people on the right track to start eating right. And uh, we can't, we couldn't be more thrilled for you for your dessert line, Devonly Delights. Head to mass market soon so uh we appreciate you calling in it was an honor and we know that you have uh, the newborn baby at home and you've got a lot of beach tennis to go play <laughs> so so we don't want to take yeah, up yeah <laughs> it's so funny i back from beach tennis but can i really quickly say for anybody who's intimidated to cook in addition to the book i have a whole diabetes section on my website that also breaks down, like, there's a ton within the book that you'll see, Don't Know How to Butterfly Shrimp, because there's this amazing butterfly shrimp appetizer that literally three of them, it's like crab stuffed shrimp, um, are 80 calories. And, like, butterflying shrimp is the easiest thing in the world. And I have a video, like, a whole series of videos for free that people can go and watch, and, and they're going to be, like, a master chef cooking these recipes. Very awesome. So visit DevinAlexander.com, which is D-E-V-I-N-A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R. And then I also have a ton of stuff on Facebook and Instagram, so I hope people will get tons of free content there, too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, Chef Devin Alexander, uh, we couldn't have been happier to have you on. And everyone, go out, buy You Can Have It uh, in bookstores or wherever they buy them, Amazon.com. I'm sure you really don't care where they pick it up. Just <laughs> just, just, just go get it. Thank you yes, so much. <laughs> your friends who are struggling. Exactly. Have a great <laughs> night. Take it easy. You do the same. Now, from one wonderful chef to another, and absolutely the most, jeez, uh, I'm drawing a blank. Thank you. The most influential the most chef. influential <laughs> chef in Pennsylvania is named by Cooking Light Magazine, Chef Barbie Marshall. How's it going tonight, Barbie? Hey, guys. Hey. How are you? We're hey. great. How about yourself? Doing pretty well. So, kind of a controversial topic this week. Did you guys hear about Starbucks? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, refresh our memory. Just, just say yes, Glenn. I'll tell you off the so, yes. <laughs> okay. I heard something about it. I didn't hear the whole thing. So Go I'll ahead. fill you in real quick. So two men walk into the Starbucks waiting for a friend to meet 
later for coffee, asked to use the restroom, and they're told that they cannot use the restroom because they haven't purchased anything yet and are asked to leave by the police. So this got me thinking, when is the last time anyone ever ordered their coffee before the rest of their party got there? Like, what, 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 where, where, when has that ever happened? Never, right? So there was a whole big blockade and, and just a sit-in. And Starbucks is trying to make it right. Uh, they're going to sit down with these two guys and, and talk about it. But I think that we should really think about some of the procedures that are just, like, set in place maybe for homeless people. But since it happened in our, our area, I thought we should talk about it this week because it was just really unnerving. Well, I can tell you right now, Barbie, it, it mostly happened because it's at 18th and Spruce. That's the major reason. But <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, on another topic. Oh, you mean the Rittenhouse Square? Yeah, I mean, that's where so the location. on another topic, yes. I went to Viet Pho last night for dinner. Mm. They are finally open and... We went and visited them before they opened, and you know they it took a, a couple of weeks for them to get all settled in. But everything was just absolutely delicious, and I just hope everybody goes. Oh, they are a, right they by should. the Hobby Lobby. Yes, they the are a fantastic Lobby? location, and and just make sure you follow Barbie. She's out and about. She went to uh, Brewer's Plate, correct, and uh, a couple other. I did. I did go to Brewer's Plate, um, and which was three floors of awesome on Good Friday. So next year, I suggest everybody go do that. Yes, and I'm sure you got a couple because other a couple other events. All of the breweries. I'm sure you have a couple other I events. I have some other events coming up for sure. Be out and about, Chef, yes. Chef Barbie Marshall. You've you've done so much this week. You have next week off. We'll talk to you again April 29th. All right. Take talk care. Bye bye. Thank you, man. What a show! Right. A good show. We're going to go around the room real quick. Uh, Ten seconds, everyone. Say who we are, and then we're going to go. Yeah, Mark Colazzo, uh, Alpha Funding, Iron Room, and uh, check out MadeACChocolate.com. Scott Chronic, Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall. Go to Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall on Facebook. Glenn Gross, Fat Jack's Barbecue in New York, Philadelphia. Fatjacks.net. John Dorenzo. You can catch me at Actor John Dorenzo. I'll be on QVC Live to Thursday morning. Uh, when this week? Tuesday morning, 7 a.m. on QVC. There you go. Derek Tim of BlueJeanFood.com. We also had Elisa Steele, Ray Sheehan, and uh, Chef Devin Alexander, and John Howard Fusco, and Chef Barbie Marshall. Uh, we end the show like we always do with a joke of the week from Jackie, Jackie the, the Joke, joke Man, Man Martin. Martin. But, but, <laughs> but, but we also have a little clip from... Uh, from the band Vessel of Light following Jackie the Joke Man Martlin. And we hope you all enjoy the message from Dan Lorenzo of Vessel of Light. And now, Joke of the Week from Jackie, Jackie the, the Joke, joke Man, Man Martlin. Hi, I'm Jackie Martling, and this is Small Bites. A couple's in Paris, and one night the guy's out alone. He goes up to a hooker and she says, 500 bucks. He says, well, I only want to spend 100 she says, tough luck. Well, the next night, they're at a seaside restaurant when the same hooker walks by. She looks at the guy's wife and then turns to him and says, you see what you get for a hundred bucks? <laughs> hey, this is Dan Lorenzo. Hello, Small Bites. I'm the guitar player, 
songwriter for the band Vessel of Light. I used to be in the band Hades and Nonfiction. Vessel of Light features Nathan Opposition from the band Ancient Wisdom. We have a vinyl, CD, and digital release coming out in September called Woodshed. We already have an EP out on Argonata Records, but this right here is the single Son of Man off our next album, and this is for Derek and Glenn. Thank you so much. This is Dan Lorenzo, and I hope to talk to Small Bites on Wild Fire Radio again real soon.